You are your own hero. Strength! Strength! No weakness! I'm gonna do weakness! My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart! I'm gonna I'm show you how great I am! The London Fight Factory Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is time! Number three podcast for LFF, and today we have a very special guest. And I'm not gonna tell you who he is. He's gonna introduce himself. I'm just gonna give a quick hint for you all to know that he's not just a student or a member, he's like a very special person for everybody inside the gym. Please, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, put your hands together for our guest today in the red corner with you, Mr. Rippon Dennis. <laughs> Thanks what so a great much. introduction, thank you. Thanks so much to be here today. You know, despite of like the quarantine that you are, the restrictions you made, guys, he run all the way home to here just to be pre present with us and have this talk. So that's something extra that like this guy has, you know, like the commitment, the discipline and the willpower to like to, to make it happen. So it's a really pleasant. Uh, I know Ripon as a student, he's been trained with me. He also trained my time with Aaron in the other class. And uh, as a member now today, we're going to get to know a little bit more of him. So Ripon, let's uh, start maybe introduce yourself a little bit, talk a little bit of yourself, and then I pick things up. And you take from there. Just to warn you guys, it's not going to be led to any 30 minutes conversation. We're going to have a nice, good chat today. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, my name's uh, Ripon Danis. Uh, I was born in London. I moved up to Wales when I was about maybe seven or eight years old. Um, I came back to London for my university when I was around maybe 21-ish. This was back in 2002. Um, yeah, I'm a father of, father of two, one six-year-old uh, daughter and a 14-month-old daughter. Uh, yeah, I love BJJ, I love Muay Thai, um, love all fight sports, fighting, <laughs> really. Cool. And, uh, yeah. You just forgot one thing. How old are you? I am 39. I'll be 40 this year, 14 August. Yeah. Cool. And uh, how long have you been doing martial arts? Martial arts, I think I've always wanted to do martial arts. I, th I think ever since I can remember, you know, I was born 1981. So back then, if you, most of my uncles, my dad, everybody, they used to get kind of videos, uh, the, the video kind of, um, it was a video boom, the VHS boom back then. And they used to pick up all these Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, like all the Shaw Brothers Kung Fu movies and watch them. This is back in the day when there was no certificates. <laughs> you know, I, I was like three or four years old watching these Kung Fu fighting movies and whether I had a choice in it or not, it was, it was there in my face. There was all this fighting going on. You know, if I was to go into my uncle's cupboard, there would be a pair of nunchucks there. You know, they, they, they would be like some kind of martial arts weapons or whatever. They were quite rough as well. They had knives here and there, whatever, you know, they've grown up in East <laughs> London. So it was quite a, a fighting kind of uh, household. 
Um, then my dad also, you know, when we uh, moved to Wales, uh, we moved there because he opened up a, an Indian restaurant and quite often, every now and again, there would be these stories, oh yeah, you know, we had this fight in the restaurant and we beat them up. So it was already kind of implanted in my head that, yeah, when there's fighting... How, how old were you at that time? I, I was like seven years old, uh -huh. seven years old. Um, and when I went to uh, school in uh, Wales, uh, like me, another thing of my background, so my, my grandmother's Italian-Swedish, my grandfather um, is Bangladesh, these are both of my, um, my paternal uh, grandparents. So growing up, I didn't really see race, so, like, uh, so my grandmother coming around, she used to speak English to me, this like East London, oh, how's it going, Rip, are you all right? You know, like this East London accent, white woman. And my, then my granddad used to come over and he was this, like, uh, Bengali-speaking man. You know, he spoke English, but he spoke Bengali to me. So I saw the world as, you know, yeah, sometimes, you know, uh, it, you might have a, 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 maybe I've got a black cousin somewhere or, uh, you know, a Chinese uh, um, uncle somewhere else. Like I, I just didn't see it as in, oh, mm -hmm. we're different. It, I just saw it as like, oh, everyone's just the same, the same, really, Di same, same, but different. Mm -hmm. um, it was only when I moved to Wales that I realised, like, hold on a second. Uh, in this school, everyone is white. <laughs> the teachers are white. The people on the street are white. I think. Hold on. There's no other person of any darker color than myself we would call cappuccino <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 you know and i think like growing up at that time um was really difficult so i used to have all these names being called to me but i i didn't understand what they were mm -hmm. so i used to like think okay they're calling me something i i know it's something not nice, nice but i don't know what it means i don't know what it's all about and i went up to my uncle and said like oh you know uh, these kids they keep on saying this like this word and this word and like what do they mean as oh did they call you that did they I'm like yeah yeah I'm like, okay tell the teacher and uh, if the teacher doesn't do anything you have permission to hit them and if the teacher says why like you know gets you in trouble call me and I'll come into school and I'll and I'll speak to them mm -hmm. but one thing you have to understand is no one calls you that ever you do something about it straight away. If people aren't going to help you, then you take matters into your own hands. And in that stage, you have no martial arts experience? I have, I have no martial arts experience at this point. Apart uh, of the videos. Apart from works. the videos I'm watching and, you know, you're watching like... Uh, so on the back of your head, you're like a Bruce Lee. So okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, if I need to use uh, strength, power, I'm going to do one of the uh, Bruce Lee. Oh! Exactly, yeah. <laughs> all, all of that, all of that, all of that, like... Um, you know, when you're watching like Jackie Chan films like Snake in the Eagle's Shadow or uh -huh. like a drunken monkey, the, the repeated, you know, just keep on punching the wall again and again and again. And eventually your hands become like, yeah. you know, uh, like steel. So I was doing all of this stuff uh, and I was handling myself. So it was all like fine. But remember, like, you know, this is uh, like a child who's just learning to fight. There's no kind of theory. There's no kind of understanding of... Or instructor. Or instructor or, or class, anything. Yeah. yeah, so I'm just purely... It's just my... Instinct. Instinct, pure aggression. And I've watched films that have kind of taught me what you have to do. 
and then you know you're watching uh, I used to watch a lot of boxing as well so you know I remember f my first memory of a boxing fight was Mike Tyson against Frank Bruno uh, that was the, the I think this must have been like 1989 90 something like that it was like that's the first boxing memory you kind of broke my heart I, have, yeah. I was expecting to say like Rocky but okay yeah, Tyson, yeah. Like, no no okay. no that, that I mean Rocky was always Rocky was Rocky again is another one just the watching the 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 training <laughs> again and again and again you know Hi guys, sorry our file I'm decided to like to know interact with us, so we're gonna carry on from here. Thank you. I think my story was on fire, that's yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so where was I? Yeah, so watching Rocky as well, another one. Just rep I mean Rocky, the first one, uh I still find quite difficult to watch actually because I get so emotional. Mm -hmm. the, the actual emotional like uh, journey of Rocky One, it's still the best. It's the best film. It's the best Rocky film. But I would say the film that I probably watched the most is Rocky Four. The Rocky Four, the training in the snow. Like even now, like you know, me running from Walthamstow to here, I was hoping, yeah, it's going to be snow. I'm going to run like Rocky and like do, end do, communism. Do you, play, do you play the music on there on your mind? Yeah, all of that. You know, when you listen, like. Uh, reading and uh, listening to David Goggins and stuff like uh -huh. all of that him explaining yeah I listened to um, going the distance that was a constant theme in my head growing up training it was like yeah you know this guy he was against the ropes but he trained himself out of there the hard work got him out of there um, so that was that I think my martial arts journey probably Because I kept on saying to my dad, like, oh, dad, I want to go to karate or, yeah. or, or something. Join um, a gym. Maybe. Yeah, he did it. And he just kept on saying, like, oh, no, you know, if you, if you train, um, you'll just go end up, like, beating too many people up and all this kind of stuff. I don't know what his reasonings behind it was, because mm -hmm. he did actually train in um, uh, Wushukan Kung Fu or something like that. And he never trained you as well? He never trained me or okay. anything like that. Um, he, that was it. We used to have these fights and I think he just thought like, oh, you know. But you had this spark. I want to there, train there, was, there was something in me. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, I, I was always training. So I was always doing sit-ups. You know, then the Jean-Claude Van Damme became like this big thing. So I learned to do the, the splits. splits. And <laughs> like, Classic. was just doing, you know, I used to get like two chairs between. Yes, on yes. Each, and then get my sister to uh -huh. pull the chair. So I would be doing a mid-air split. I tried that as well. I didn't go too far. <laughs> So I used to do all, all of that stuff. Again, no, no training. It was when I was about uh, 16, 16 or 17, there was a, a, my cousin had a, a kebab house and next door to him was a, 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 a bar. It was called the Greek Tavern. And the guy who owned the bar, who was this a Greek guy called George, and he was um, quite a high... Uh, Dan in uh, karate, but he was really into martial arts, and he um, he did he did his kung, um, karate there. But he then hired someone who did Wing Chun mm -hmm. and and brought him over and said, oh, "Look, you've got open field to this uh, cellar that I have. You can teach people Wing Chun." 
and that was the kind of the beginning of my martial arts journey. So I, you know, my cousin 16 was 16 like, years old. About 16 years old. So I started doing a... Karate. A Wing Chun. Wing Chun, sorry. So I started doing Wing Chun and obviously massive fan of Bruce Lee. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to do Wing Chun. Jackie like, you know. Uh, so I did a Wing Chun. Uh, I did that for about two years. In that two years of doing Wing Chun, I think there was probably about maybe three or four fights in my dad's restaurant. Yeah, the story must have caught fire again. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there was about three or four fights in my dad's restaurant and maybe another two or three street fights. Um, and I was just completely, uh, you know, completely destroyed these people. They went to hospital and everything and I thought, okay. And then I started getting a bit of a name for myself, like, okay, this is the guy that hospitalizes people. Uh, if you want to cause trouble in this restaurant, uh, be sure that you have people to look after you at home because you won't be going into work or, or anything for quite a while. So that was the kind of reputation I started to build for myself. And like, it wasn't one that I kind of set out to, to get, but I wasn't, I wasn't upset by it either because because of this reputation, people left me alone. Like, it, it, you know, the whole thing was I just wanted to be left alone. Like, my, all I liked doing was drawing and painting. Like, mm -hmm. I used to, you know, artist stuff. Like I was just went off, did my drawings, did my uh, paintings, Martial did my Martial arts was just like a part-time, so like drawing... Martial arts, like... that was like the fire, but uh -huh. there, there was... Like, when you're not fighting, there's this other thing that you have to do. And that was my, like, you know, yin and yang, that was my piece, mm -hmm. part of it. And every now and again, I knew I had to use the aggressive part, which was, I guess, the martial arts helped me, saved me. But the difference between when I was just training as a, as a child without the martial arts and then doing the Wing Chun was that I then became quite disciplined. Um... I like I whenever a confrontation happened I would try my absolute level best like look we need to look withdraw yourself from the situation yeah, yeah. see for different eyes. I've got nothing yeah. to prove here yeah mate I've had a good night you've had a good night let's just call it a day exactly you know you mm -hmm. you go and have your fun you think I'm an idiot fine whatever I'll I'll, I'll walk away um, but it was just relentless I don't know whether it was to do with um, because I had other, um, you know, there were other Asian people, like Bangladeshi people around the area and like other races as well. Um, later on, they didn't seem to have as much trouble as I did. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether it's because, you know, being mixed race, I'm, I'm, I'm lighter. I'm a lighter Bengali guy. They were darker. I don't know whether the people around saw me as a threat. Now, like for, for what I, I get yeah. from you is like uh, if comparing like you with like the the other people like I think you pass the sensibility that you don't want trouble. Yeah, and yeah. The people just tend to pick on you like they have like some issue they need to prove themselves around, and like because they can maybe they can feel that like oh this guy like peaceful he's not gonna like react or he's gonna take us normal so I'm gonna stand up and be like the big man you know oh you this and that you just say you know what's cool you 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 the guy well done and he's gonna look good uh, 
close to his friend as if he picks somebody else that doesn't pass the same type of energy that you have to say, oh, maybe that guy going to take a different, then I'm going to embarrass myself. Maybe that uh, could be, I might be wrong, but like, no, from what I know yeah. you, like that's the first time that we are talking. So I always got that impression from you that like, cool, you know, like I don't in trouble, whatever and say like, and sometimes people do use it as a, a ladder to like to to make themselves look big. Say, you see how I took that guy there? He's kind of muscle, but <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, yeah. he ran away. I get this as well. You know, like a lot of time people like try try to have a fight with me just because the way that I look. And just as you said, just you know what? I'm idiot. Thank you. I was I was really looking forward to be called idiot today. You made my day. I'll go yeah. home. So like the, at least that's how I I try to reach people and they try to like to know to like go the chest really bumping like I want to do that. Yeah, and I, and I think as well, like it's, uh, I guess different people have different points to prove. Like some people what feel like, okay, if I act aggressive and this person doesn't, is not able to compete with my aggression, then I have won. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. That, that was, you've got one nil. Okay, for you, that's one nil. But for me is you were aggressive to me and I and I took it and I walked away. That's fine. I've won nil to me actually because I know I can hurt you. That's I don't have to. There's nothing I need to kind of prove to myself that I can do that. But me walking away from you, that's something that I do. That's like okay, wow, amazing. I managed to walk away from this aggressive confrontation. Or if there's two people having a confrontation between each other. And, you know, a lot of people, they freeze and they don't know what to do. And they go, oh, look, let, well, let's just, like, leave them to it. What if one person pulls out a knife and stuff? I don't care. Like, look, guys, listen, there's, like, kids around here. You're causing a confrontation in the street. Let's just, like, calm down. There's been, like, times where I've been in a pub where, you know, one guy's grabbed another guy. There's just, like, one bar woman behind the bar. And she's, like, shouting, like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. I'm just by myself. I'm, like, okay. You know, grab... I've grabbed a guy once and uh, just gone like, guy, mate, you know, you want to fight, you're trying to gouge his eyes out in a pub, come on, man, let go of his eyes and maybe take the fight outside. And he's like, okay, okay, I won't gouge his eyes, so he lets him go and the other guy goes away. Mm -hmm. Next, I'm like, mate, just calm down, like, you know, just chill out, have a drink and don't worry about it. And it's kind of sorted out, but it can always turn to something so wrong if you don't know what you're doing you know like you, know. you, you say like uh, you mentioned about like uh, can hurt me david goggins you know mm. and the, anybody that read that book or get to hear about him see like this guy's like you know he's a machine you know like he has like a different type of mindset and he has that like uncommon among the uncommon yeah yeah and uh, you, like you just said now, it's pretty much I can relate to that. Like, you know, you, you, you know that you can hurt someone, but you draw yourself out. So like we stand like, you know, yeah. in a different way. So like uh, not want to bring the book, promote the book, or that, but just because we both read the book, like you pretty much know about yeah. the book. And uh, people that doesn't know about the book or know and say, oh, this is stupid or like no, nonsense, never going to be like him, whatever. The thing that he does, he runs a, a marathon. Yes, he does things for himself. And the way that you just said that you, you don't put yourself in the confrontation because like you know you can hurt so you're uncommon 
among the uncommon people, like people that with the same mentality, so, ah, they recognize like your value, recognize like you are better than the others, so let, let they be. So like we don't need it necessarily to put ourselves like in physical pain, run long hours, go for cold shower, or do what he did to be who he is, because he decided to be that guy. But like you can take away or we even do on our day basic life without to know, man, I'm doing this, but I'm not really sure if it's the right thing as you described in the yeah. pub. Like you, you took like, you know what, let me go there, break up the fight, there's kids around, you know, so maybe nobody told, maybe nobody compared like to, to the book, Uncommon Among the yeah. Uncommon People. And this environment that you are here in the gym, like you pretty much have the same mentality. Like people come here from different backgrounds, but someone come to get fit, someone to learn self-confidence, you know, martial arts, compete, professional, but like we are all uh, uncommon. Yeah. If you take like someone that never trained. So we are not ordinary people, we are different already. And like people with a mentality, like, you know, then start to stand out with people with the same mentality. So like the group start to get smaller. So like they uncommon, like they yeah. superheroes, I would say, you know. So like that's how I would compare like what you just said, relate to the book that you mentioned and like for the page or like the chapter in the book when it's called uncommon. Yeah, I mean, like even with the David Goggins stuff, like, look, my, my girlfriend Fiona is now listening to the audio book now mm -hmm. and... Um, and when I talk to other people about the book as well, I think like definitely from the from the BJJ like uh, Jim, you know, when I'm talking to Ike and um, from Julosophy and like uh, when when he and I are talking about it, it's slightly different to other people who don't say train are listening to it. I listen to uh, David Goggins and like I understand that he has a, a pain inside of him and you know he's very good at talking about the pain and all the rest of it and he's like jokey jokey about it we all do this we have like a a background that might be uh traumatic and the only way we can deal with it is by joking about it like i could tell you all these stories and you could see oh these are quite funny stories but really the stories are not funny, funny. Mm -hmm. i'm trying to make it funny to deal for, for you to hear it and for me to deal with it, that's my process. But there's other pains that we all go through sometimes that you can't, you can't speak about. Or even if you try, you're not really dealing with it even by speaking. It's somehow like embedded into your body. And f like if you're lucky, you can find something. So you can find martial arts, you can find BJJ, you can find running or pull-ups or whatever it is, you find it and you just go in hard. And it's not, oh yeah, look, David Goggins has just done like, you know, 10,000 pull-ups or he's done like an ultra marathon and all the rest of it. I know because of my background that he's actually, it's not that his body can do more than anyone else. It's that his mind has gone through certain traumas that are like a fire and they're just fueling and that's his way of dealing with it it's the same as like you know me coming out of hospital we'll go into this actually for probably but like mm -hmm. um for anyone who doesn't know uh yeah i had cardiac arrest uh back in 2018 and when i woke up from my uh coma they said to me like, oh, you know, uh, don't go, 
you you might not be able to we don't know exactly we know that there's a there's been a hundred percent blockage in your left atrium in you know in your artery uh which caused your heart to stop um but we don't really know the cause maybe it was like a, a arrhythmia or something like that but we need the st uh, to make sure that the stents were always going to work, but the blood is flowing like properly there and your heart is beating okay, but it's going to take a, a month or two for us to do like another uh, test on you. But in that time, don't go running, don't like do any like uh, physical activity or anything like that. Um, I think I was, because um, it was around uh, end of, you know, November, uh, December time. So because of Christmas, I couldn't do uh, cardiac rehabilitation for about two months. So mid-January is when my cardiac rehabilitation started. But up until that point, there was a serious kind of question that, okay, you might have to have, like, what is it, an ICD, so an implantable cardioverter defibrillator put in your heart, which if your heart, the rhythm of your heartbeat changes, it has to shock mm -hmm. you. But what if I was to get that, it would have meant that I could pretty much never do any physical activity ever again, like no running, no swimming, no BJJ, no Muay Thai. So I was sat there. Back to watching the videos. You know, back to watching the videos. Um, dreaming. Yeah. Dr like, visualizing. So, yeah, yeah. Visualizing, dreaming, yeah. just thinking like, okay. Get to the pillow like, oh, let me see if I still remember. All, all of that, all of that, yeah. just thinking like, okay, can I move? Can I do this? Can I do that? Well, like, as, as you approach yeah. that topic, like, you know, yeah. I was going to get there by like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. by some way or the other. I, I have a confession to do here. Yeah. Like before it happened to you, remember that you have our LFF cup here. Yeah. That was your first BJJ yeah, competition, yeah, yeah. if I'm not wrong. So that's how things work. You're gonna get like, I don't know how you're gonna take it, but yeah. the, there is a guy, your first fight, you yeah. fought a Brazilian guy. Okay. You probably know him, half a Cracolândia. Okay. So his mom came all the way to Brazil. And like, he was like, man, my mom is coming all the way to Brazil. I need to impress her. So like, all right. So like, I don't remember exactly the number of people, but like I load most of you to one side of yeah. the, the brackets and I kept, like few of you on the other side, <clears throat> that was yourself. I literally match you and him. I said, okay. So I knew like your wasn't really fit. Your technique wasn't really great. And I said, okay, Krakulandia, <laughs> it might be an easy fight. If you win, you're in the final. So like I put, yeah. every, I loaded. I said, look, there's going to be like your 15 years old the boots. Your mom going to look at you fighting. She's going to feel proud. You have one fight in the final. If you lose the final, at least you silver. There is no way to go wrong, you know? And I remember, like, I think he was doing good with you. Like, he was, like, ahead in scoring points. But after two minutes, he, he got out. I remember he stood up, his eyes were, like, <gasps> look, like, for an oxygen bottle. And you was, like, you know, kind of, like, you know, as you were, like, you know, calm, composed, you know, doing your hair, tightening your belts. And then the ref say, fight again. And then from there, that was you. I think you managed to tap him out in that triangle. And they just look around his mom's face was like, ah. And he was like, look at me, he said, what's happening? I say, motherfucker, man. I did all this for you, you know, like to impress your mom, to make your mom proud. She came all the way to Brazil just to watch you, you know, in like inside the gym and you lose the fights like that. Say, oh man, oh man, I can't believe it. And then I think two weeks uh, after, that happened with you, and uh, 
I, you know me, most people know me that like I'm, I'm a God's man. Like uh, the way that like when I find out that like what's happened with you, the people that came to help you, they were doctors, specialists in hearts, is I think is one in like one billion comparing chance. Like, you know, it wasn't your time at all. It wasn't your time. So like you have to go through what you went through. Then you, you spoke of like the guy from philosophy, you share your, your story. Today you share the story with us, like maybe the members from LFF majority know, the people that had just joined recently get to know. And if um, I believe they'll share like the podcast and like more people get to know and they see like uh, how brave you are, like, you know, like that mentality that sets like back when you were seven years old, that growing up, like to be a fighter or do martial arts, like maybe it like on the, on the exact moments, then your heart decides, you know what, parou, I'm going to have a little break in the back of your heads or just related say like as Dave God has a, a pain, not say that you have but something on the back of your head say look, we'll have just a little break, time for water, but we're going to be back to business. So enjoy the little rest in a minute you, you come back. And then you came back, as you said, like the doctors said that you have to have something inside your heart, you cannot do any activity, not just martial arts, any activity. And uh, against the odds one more time, you prove there you are been running, been doing burps, been going for like a cold shower, cold swim, all things that like I, I probably pushing out to do it. I might do once or twice, but not like frequently the way that you do it. So like life is kind of fun, you know, even now that like we're in like in pandemic <coughs> one year, you know, people being like locked uh, inside the house, cannot train, cannot like socialize. A lot of things going on, you're still smiling, you're still like, you know, motivating people, you're still like, you know, showing that like uh, it's possible to achieve things if you have like uh, a good background, the way that you've been brought up. Your parents seem to be really uh, educated well, told like when it's time to stand up, you need to stand up for your, for your grounds. So I think all this makes difference. Not everyone has the luck to have what you had, like the way that your parents brought you up, you know, the foundation. But uh, uh, at least on my point of view, I think martial arts can like... Uh, repair if yeah. that's the right word yeah. repair people with like a wrong foundation but it, it has to come from them you mentioned like you no know, discipline you know like discipline is something that i also go really about but like it's about self-discipline if it's not inside you i cannot tell you how to do things all the time it cannot be like a machine a routine that oh if i'm not around i'm gonna lay back it has to be like you know what i have to do to myself because it's gonna make me good after the operation, you probably like make your research. You know, I need to eat well, I need to sleep well, and keep it active, like you no, know, to be healthy. But it's your uh, self-discipline that you have, that like uh, fingers crossed, someone that can listen to you clearly, not my broken British English, you know, <laughs> be able to like you know what man, that's my Dave Goggins. No, the book is there, but that's the real one, you know, flesh and bone that I can, <laughs> that I can touch. Thanks. <laughs> Um, <laughs> don't forget. Okay, so let's go back to this uh, this uh, competition, the LFF Cup. What was his name? Krakolandia. Krakolandia, right? Yeah. So I've never done a, a BJJ uh, competition, so that was the first one. Um, before doing the competition, so I took my weight. Um, I think maybe like a month or two months before the competition. Uh, um, what's his name? Uh, who, who's our trainer? Hickey. 
uh, in the morning. Uh, Lorenzo. Like, uh, Lorenzo, yeah. So Lorenzo goes, oh, you, you should, you should he, answer. He's he gonna feel like, man, he always talk highly about you. Now I don't remember his no, name. No, 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 no. Like, when um, he hear that, you're gonna, <laughs> gonna, oh man, he always talk highly about <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I come in the, I come in the morning. <laughs> oh, no, no, I feel really fast. Oh, you know. I rip on, say, who? Rip on. <laughs> and then we have the picture, who, is, who the fuck is Rippo? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he was, no, this guy, he's going to be the guy. I say, all right, all right, right. Um, yeah, Lorenzo. So Lorenzo goes, like, oh, you, sh you, should, you should enter, you should enter. I was like, oh, Lorenzo, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about this. Like, no, no, you should enter. You've lost loads of weight. Get on the scales. Oh, it's a good weight. Look, you, you, can, you can enter, you can enter. I was like, okay, okay, I'll enter. I think maybe two weeks later, uh, we did some kind of morning relay uh, race and uh, the guy in front of me um, Michael like he he ran he just put his heel back and my leg came forward foot hit the back of his heel and I broke my toe basically like a uh, 90 degree oh man <laughs> 90 degree right man only a white belt can yeah 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 no, Ni there, are, there are injuries that like you no know, science they try yeah. to get the bone twist in such angle no you need to get a white belt <laughs> yeah, only yeah, white belt can do such a thing so it's like, like so I, i've actually had no injury from any bjj that was a relay that was doing a relay right so i break my toe um someone comes up and I go, oh, I think, uh, I think I've uh, done something to my uh, toe. <laughs> and he's like going, calls Lorenzo over. Lorenzo looks at it and goes <laughs> like, uh, oh, yeah, that's broken. And I go, oh, Lorenzo, what do I do with it? Oh, yeah, you just, just snap it back into, snap it back into place. <laughs> yeah, typical Lorenzo. Yeah, yeah. So I, I snap, it, snap it back into place. It makes a, like a, he goes, is it okay? And I was like, uh, I think so. And he goes, okay, do you want to sit on the side? He's like, no, no, I want to I wanna keep on training. So we sit down, he does uh, like a demonstration. Then I start feeling a bit like, uh, <laughs> like faint. I go, I think I might need to sit. Oh, yeah, you, you, you take your time. But because of that broken toe, I couldn't do my regular, yeah. Um, I couldn't do my regular um, uh, running. I used to run. Uh, maybe three times a week along with the uh, the training in LFF mm -hmm. and I couldn't run and you know when you look the time that you're not running is kind of like oh well this was the hour that I used to run oh, I have one donut here <laughs> one, you know and so I didn't put on lots of weight but it was a little bit more and so the day of the um, LFF cup I went on the scales with my gi on I was like oh my god I think I might be like I'm, I'm overweight. I have to go for a run. I think the uh, the LFF cup, cup was maybe two hours away, so I put this bin bag on, went running around like Highbury, like fields, like came back drenched in sweat. Took a went to the toilet, did the biggest poo ever. Like you know, went on the scales. I was like, oh my god, I'm like I'm under. This is amazing. <laughs> Came to, didn't eat, didn't I drink. Scale. Yeah, <laughs> didn't eat, didn't drink. Came here, there was a guy that you brought over to do the, the refereeing and. Um, uh, Rabbi Alex, Alex. Yeah, so. to talk over the rules and what you can do. Don't do a body slam and all this kind of like stuff with your white belt. Um, so he was like going through the rules and then we didn't get weighed. I was like, what? I just did all this like work. I can't believe it. First fight with this guy, um, he was just throw me left, right and centre all over the place. I was like, oh my God, this guy is so strong. 
Um, I'm so out of my element here. But I thought like, okay, let, let's just think about what he's doing. He's been like super, super, like using all his muscle and strength. Yeah, typical, it's true. Yeah, it's yeah, true. yeah, using all his uh, um, muscle and strength. And I thought, okay, you're going to gas out at some point. So I just like had him by his lapel. I was like, uh, he was on top. He's just like pressure, pressure, pressure. Then I felt him getting a bit tired. And then the, the hip like went up, wrapped around, grabbed his arm, armbar. Oh no, he, triangle. triangle. Yeah. He was out. I was I, He was I, out. I yeah. I looked clearly. at the points even. Yeah. It was something like I I was on zero uh, up until we ran out of paper, so yeah, he yeah, couldn't yeah, score yeah, more, yeah, more yeah. points for him. He was just scoring, 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 yeah. scoring. I kept on looking, I was like, oh my god, how am I gonna Yeah, and then nah, that but on the side as well, his whole family was here. Uh-huh. They were like cheering and I didn't invite anyone thinking, yeah, I'll probably <laughs> get beaten so badly that I don't want anyone to witness this and there was this whole entourage of people cheering and I thought oh my god this guy is an animal I think maybe on another because it was uh, the competition was in two parts on the other side there was someone shouting beast 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 so I was thinking is this guy called the beast because why am I up against this guy <laughs> yeah and yeah so that was that and when that got second Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, um, yeah, yeah, I was a runner-up, yeah. yeah. The guy that lost, I think, Mike, then he moved to Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's a, like a tennis coach. He's quite a high-level uh, tennis player. Yeah. yeah. Man, I, I curse him so much. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. But, like, yeah, that, that day was kind of like, man, I, I made Krakowlerns, like, you know, 15 years old the boot, you know, like everything, like even like I took the scale out because like he probably was overweight to say, no, what, fuck that shit, <laughs> hide the shit and let it be. And then like things play to to you, you know, like was it was a good day that like we after we went for have a beer, you know, like uh, me and like the, the the guy that was refing, and we keep saying, man, that fight, your guy was winning, and then the other guy out of the blue, boom, bingo. Came wiping this. Oh man, yeah, that was like until today when he started like no get to my nerves too much. I felt man, remember the day when you fought? Yeah, that did everything for win in front of your mom. <laughs> oh no, please don't mention that. Don't mention that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nah, I'm it's sorry. all right. What's meant to be is meant to be. What was funny? No, was kind um, of. Um, yeah, and then you know, moving on from that, I think two weeks after that, uh, it was the grading. I think it was about two, three weeks after that, it was the mm-hmm. uh, grading. And I, di- I didn't have any expectation of getting a belt. I, I genuinely, I went there thinking, yeah, I'm just going to hear to support people and just un- understand how the grading and everything works because I was still a white belt. I think I'd been training maybe. How important for you coming to an event like a grading just to support people? Oh, and, and the credit is like essential, essential. Like, uh, I think, you know, BJJ, I, I guess it's with all like uh, fight sports and things as well even though it is a one-on-one situation you against one other person but it's not really it's you against it's not you it's you represent a whole team of people there are people that you've ruled with have sparred with have trained with someone's given taken their knowledge and tried to pass it on to you you're representing you're representing your gym your school your uh, your martial art your your sport everything is you know your family everything is being represented here you're going in with all everything on your shoulder 
So to be there with all your teammates and when they're getting their like belts, it's just like, oh my God, I've, I've trained with that guy. Him getting or her getting their purple or blue belt is almost like me getting because I trained with him. Maybe I taught him something that helped him along his journey mm -hmm. to get to where they are. Like it's like a like a collective, like a collective thing. So that was I, I just went there just for that support stuff. I didn't even think I was going to get a stripe or anything like that. I just thought, yeah, yeah, just get here. Let's just clap everyone, and then you know, you you make people give like a speech as well. So you're listening to people like you know, I had no idea like you know Josh and Bolo mm -hmm. is that you call him like Josh? Like I I had no idea he had um, autism. Uh, I had no idea until you made him speak and I was like oh my god like I had no idea that I've been training you know, with this guy you know like people like they don't want to get the <clears> belt <throat> they want to have the opportunity to be in it speak out like yeah. the, the one guy said, look if I get the belt or not I don't really care what I really care is like you know have that minutes two minutes or so that I be stand where you are that you can see everyone everyone can see me and I can open my heart you know like there's other words like they even Please, yeah. <laughs> even if you take the belt away from me, yeah, yeah. give me that moment. I said, man, your moment will come. I'm pretty sure when like the times come, your moment will come. Like uh, as you said, like support, uh, a grading. It's, it's a good, uh, like what you said, like not support the team, but like it's, it's the community. You know, yeah. like see some see people like achieving something. Like you know, it might not be your time, but uh, you're part of that. Uh, you point out really, you 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 feel that day in day out training, sweating, try to improve, not just in jiu-jitsu, no, because like uh, I always going to tend to pull things for, for jiu-jitsu, but like in general, you know, like uh, maybe like, I don't know how my tie works, they have like like the band on their arm, I don't know what's the procedure on the grading or judo, but I think it's important like when uh, any gym or any martial arts uh, place promote an event that like is a gathering, they want to see everybody together, so like for, for things like this, you know, like Whoever been running the the class, the gym, whatever you want to call, is the moment that he see like man, like uh, I have a vision, I have a passion, and those guys here they seems to believe, they seems to like to to want to be in the same uh, place where I want they to be, and they're supporting each other. That that's also, you no. Know, then like uh, pick like a handful of people that uh, will be promoted or gonna get a reward, whatever. And uh, let them let they speak, you know, like they might be grateful, they might feel like miserable, they might feel like, you know, I did because I want to achieve this, then fuck you, I don't want to be here anymore, I did my part, that was like, you know, that suck, you know, that one year, two years train, suck, I got my fucking belt, my stripe, now fuck you all, <laughs> I'm gonna retire, I'm gonna eat my fucking yeah. donuts, you know, like, uh, it's, it's something like, not just a personal experience, but like what Ripon as a person see, and can describe for like, for we, again, take martial arts as a tool to try to make people interact more or create a, a, bond, a bond. Not like I will come here to be like UFC fighter or come here to be like, you know, be the best fighter in the UK. Then I'm going to earn loads of money. I'm going to be like a McGregor, have like, you know, a five million house. It is consequence. Like at least my main point or the way that I see martial arts, how can we bond bonds? people have what you said in the beginning, like, you know, that mentality that you ha have, the foundation, share your, a little bit of a background with someone has, like, you know, 
is mature enough to like press pause and say, hold on a minute, my life's a little bit fucked up. It's pretty much on me. This guy says something that does relate to my life or like I could use what he's saying right now to make my life better. All they need to do is like press the fucking button and make it happen. You know, like not say that they will come to the gym LFF, but they at least use the fucking internet and Google martial arts around me, you know, search the place, look the place, is this place convenient? Does these guys want to make me better? Are they interested to make me better? If it is, join, go there. And I have a feeling like uh, as a as a part of the martial arts, pretty much since I born, and I think the penny drop was like a few years ago, I think there's at least uh, our mission as a, I'll say myself as a black belt, you know, like not, again, don't say compared to Jiu-Jitsu, but like overall, Silver in the box, in German, the MMA, Arum, New York and the rest. And so like, that's pretty much what we are about. And like how I want to express it through you, using your knowledge, using like, you know, the way they describe the other students to like to be my voice or like, you know, reflect what's, what's real, what's, what's at least what I believe is right to, to how it's supposed to be, life, environment, community, helping each other, supporting each other. We stop what you're doing right now to say, man, we're struggling, what's the problem? Mental health problem, like people don't want to talk. Again, going back, yeah. back to David, when he has a pain, he puts in the way that's funny, but in fact, it's not funny. But like, let me listen to you, what's the problem, you know? We're going to bed with like feeling really happy because it's so well, we might wake up feeling miserable for no reason. Maybe like we didn't have a good night of sleep, a bad dream. I, I don't know how to explain. I'm not like uh, smart enough to, to be able to explain how come you go to bed happy and you wake up unhappy. How come you go to bed loving you and you wake up like, oh, not sure if I love you, you know, like feelings, like we humans, we have feelings. And like sometimes you tell, let me understand what's going on with that person because I care about you and I want to see you better. It's not about like you making me better. It's about I want to see you better in reflection or like yeah. you're probably going to give back. Man, this guy or this environment, these people here make me so good and then like they're going to look after me. I think that's like a, what's the impression that I try to at least pass and expect that you guys get it and pass along when like uh, at least an event in martial arts happen. Yeah, I mean like, um, again, this, this, this will go back to my love of like action films. Uh, I, in Rambo 3, right? Uh, I think the actor's uh, John Krenner, I think it is. But basically it's uh, Rambo's uh, um, Troutman is the is the the colonel that has trained Rambo mm-hmm. and is always like coming in going like yeah I'm gonna take you out of here or I'm gonna I need you to help to whatever whatever so anyway he comes he goes looking for Rambo in uh, in Thailand right and he sees Rambo's fighting in these uh, uh, these stri- like a uh, underground fight scenario and then he sees that he's given the money from the fights to this uh, Buddhist uh, Buddhist monk and they go off to this temple so he goes following him to the temple and he says like oh look I need you for this job we need to go into Afghanistan to save these uh, um, uh, these prisoners and these like people and whatnot and he's like oh no I don't, I don't want to fight like he goes like no you, you need to he's like you know I've, I've had my war he's like no, no you need to let me tell you a story there was this uh, sculptor 
and he got this special stone and he started chiseling away at this stone and then he when he finished there was this beautiful you know uh figure at the end of it and all these people came on were like oh my god you've created the most beautiful sculpt sculpture ever like this is amazing it's because of this like um special stone and all the rest of it and he goes mm -hmm. no the the sculpture was always there i just chipped away at the rough edges it was always there i i just chipped away at the rough edges and it all that that i mean it's such a simple basic yeah. like uh image but i always used to carry that with me like whenever like you like I said you know I've got a penchant for donuts like I I like I like a donut like who doesn't but, yeah yeah but you know I have one and then the, I look at the box and my hand is going for the second one it's like a yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah yeah <laughs> it just goes in and I just put the hand back because I'm like no there's this there's this uh beautiful sculpture inside and if I take that it's like I'm putting the 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 uh -huh. I'm not chipping it I'm putting the chip pieces back onto the sculpture so I'm like okay you need to live and be like basically have like a self love um not like arrogant but just kind of have a belief in yourself that inside of me there is something good essentially good and I need to maintain that and keep it that way or if I think it's good I think I can get better though there's I know I can get better than this like it's not to prove to anyone else other than myself i have literally have nothing to prove to anybody it's just for myself like if i run 10k it's like everyone's like oh my god you run 10k like three times a week and i'm like yes that's fine if you think that's amazing that's fine for you but in my head i'm thinking can i do 11 yeah can i do 20k three times you know do 60k a, a week can i do that is that my will my body allow me to do that if i did the tw you know uh, 60k per week i'd probably go on to then go like oh, maybe i can do a marathon per week maybe i can do an ultra marathon like there's always like uh, i don't know what it is like uh, like there's something in my head just wants to just keep on pushing I think we all have yeah, that. Yeah. The, the problem is like you listen to the good <coughs> voice most people listen to the bad voice the voice that massage the ego, the voice that oh, you did three uh, times 10K, but oh, it's too much, have a little break. Yeah. You know? Have that second donor, to be fine. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. We, we have like that, the good voice and the bad voice. Like we tend to listen to the bad voice. Yeah. We tend to react to emotion because the bad voice, if you listen to the good voice, you know, not going to get donuts. Man, three times per week, 10K, 30, man, I think I can push. Yes, I can push. As you talk to yourself, man, yeah, can you do it? It's like it's a teamwork. Yeah, yeah. But it's you and you. You helping yourself, yeah. Let, let, let's I, th I think as well, it's like, you know, something I, I always have a, <laughs> like a debate, argument, discussion, whatever, like, you know, with other people about, like, my level of kind of training and commitment and wanting to uh, be better for a lot of people they see it as like quite extreme you know why are you doing like this much like oh you know i can't do that or you're only doing it because that's your your mentality is you're somehow different and stuff and i don't think that is the case it's just like um i've i think it's very difficult because a lot of people want to get results quick like quick i, I think i don't know whether that's a result of 
kind of uh, you know technology. Everything's very quick now. Yeah. Like everything's very very quick now. Yeah. The 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 my I, my kind of understanding of even becoming a good martial artist was you know there was the film montage. The montage yeah it was only five five minute montage whatever. But really it's showing uh, a long space of t- you know a long. Uh, time frame in a short space of mm-hmm. like time and it in my head it was all that no if I want to be that like a black belt for example if I want to be a black belt it's not going to happen in one day but if I work hard in that one day now tomorrow will just be that little bit closer to get to that black belt yeah and if I do the next day it'll be oh now I'm even closer so yeah it's just closing that distance between what my destination is and I think it's really important to have like a goal and a destination like you know when I was kind of uh, in hospital I knew you know I was because I woke up out of the coma you know obviously I was like drugged up with all sorts and nothing was really making any sense they asked me like oh you know do you have any questions and I was like uh, yeah. Where am I? <laughs> uh, you know, when is my... Because uh, I had um, I landed on my face. I had this massive black eye. And I landed on my fing- um, finger. Uh-huh. So this had broken and landed on here. So I couldn't cl- close a grip on my left uh, hand. It was, it was like that. Mm-hmm. And obviously couldn't see out of this eye. Uh, and I just thought, okay, they're never going to let me do BJJ with this. <laughs> and I can't do a grip. So I'll be useless. So they asked me, you know, this is after having two stents put in my heart, being in a coma. Do you have any questions? Uh, yeah. Uh, when is my finger going to get better? And when is my eye going to get better? And they were like, is that the only question you have? <laughs> I was like, yes. But you've just had a, a major, like, you know, cardiac arrest and all the rest of it. Do you have no other questions? Like, no, let's just, when's my eye going to get better? <laughs> And when is my finger going to get better? And they were like, well, why do you want to know? Why is that so important? And I kept, because I want to go back to, to doing BJJ. I want to do LFF and I want to do Muay Thai. Then, you know, I'll never be able to uh, do Muay Thai with this eye. I'll just get hit. And I won't be able to do a grip for BJJ. <laughs> so when are these things going to get better? And we're like, look, you know, we're just going to be honest with you. Uh, at this stage... We wouldn't even recommend you do any long walks, let alone any contact sports. And I, and I just thought like, oh yeah, you know, this is probably just like a, a normal procedure for someone who's overweight or hasn't looked after themselves. I have looked after myself. This is just an unlucky moment, but I'm lucky that I've survived it, but I'm going to go back to training again in no time. And it was only when I got home and I... The doctors, they recommended that I do like a three minute walk and build it up by a minute each day. And I did the first day I did three minutes, but like in my head, I was thinking, oh, yeah, stupid doctors. They don't know. I, <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to start off doing a three minute walk and just you watch. I'll do a 10K run today. Determination. Did, yeah, yeah. Did three minutes, had to sit down at a park bench, got back up walk three minutes back to my house out cold for 10 hours walk back up what's going on oh you know my girlfriend's going oh i was a bit worried um i almost called the doctor because he'd been passed out for so long mm-hmm. how long i've been out for about 10 hours I'm like, oh, okay 
So in my head thinking, oh yeah, it's probably just the drugs are still in my body. They need to like get out. Okay, tomorrow will be different. I'll walk even like, you know, I'll, I'll show them. Walked four minutes. Again, I had to sit down at the park bench, walk back, passed out for 10 or 11 hours or something like that. And when I woke up from that, that was when it was reality punched me in the face. Then it was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't a walk in the park. This isn't a joke, how I've made it in my head. This is serious. real. This is serious. Mm -hmm. This is real. I need to really like concentrate and think hard and basically get every bit of like hope, praying, everything just like, okay, just need to focus on how to get better. Um, I think my idea of being better than I was before wasn't, uh, wasn't realistic at that point. At that point, it just became, okay, if you can just get to a normal, if you can just do the basic stuff, just be happy with that. Mm -hmm. You might not be able to run as far or as long as you used to, but if you can just run, just be happy that you can run. You might not be able to maybe compete in BJJ or anything like that, but if you can just be, in the be in the, on the mat, that, that will do, that will do. Just be happy with that. If you can't do any of those things, then maybe find something else. Maybe become really good at chess or really good, I don't know, um, really good at yoga or something like that but just find like another thing you know just you're just gonna have to rebuild everything so when I got told like yeah you know everything's all fine um now it's just a matter of if you just train you know uh, moderately for the next year or so you should be able to get back to doing uh BJJ and Muay Thai and stuff and I was like okay brilliant because I, I had to take these uh uh, they're called trichogello. Mm -hmm. It's like a, a blood thinner. Because when they put a, a stent in your heart, the stent is made of metal. Uh, it's like a metal mesh. And it's in your artery. What your body does is if there's something in your body that doesn't belong there, so metal doesn't belong yeah. there, your, your blood will thicken to try and push the out. stent out of, your, of the arteries. And in that case, my artery would just collapse. Mm -hmm. So what they do, they give you these trichogello blood thinners to make sure that the blood can't uh, clot, can't thicken, and to just keep on passing through. And I think like once, like a year of that goes by, then they're like, okay, now what's happened is the outer wall of the uh, of your artery has now grown around, like inside of the um, the the stent, and now it's locked in place. It's not going to go anywhere now. And then you're off the blood thinners. So the minute I was off the blood thinners, I think my my uh, my daughter was born. How like, old is she? She's 14 months now, so she <laughs> was born. Um, so I spent time just like you know Christmas and everything with her. Come January, I was just back, and it was just the nicest. It was just the greatest feeling, like the 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 journey. Every everything about it was just everything I wanted like yeah I came in I saw you I think it was a Monday it was a um, like advanced class BJJ in the morning on a Monday and I came in and I bought my gear and everything and I said like look I'm starting back up but you know totally up to you like how you think I should go ahead and he's like look you've been through a lot 
let's like leave the advanced class. Why don't you start at the uh, beginner class just to get back on your feet? And then we'll, we'll go on to the um, advanced class from there. I was like, totally fine with me. So because it was a Monday, I then went to uh, Mutai in the morning. And uh, because I'd been speaking to you, I think I was something like uh, two or three minutes late to go to the Mutai. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I went to Mutai, Aaron was like, yeah, you're late three minutes. Can 30, you do 30, uh, 30 uh, uh, press-ups, please, push-ups, please? He, he's merciless. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I did it. But like, honestly, each, each time I was doing the press-up, push-up, like, I was just smiling I was so I was trying not to cry because uh-huh. I was like, oh my god, I'm back in, I'm back in the place. They're not treating me. Obviously, they're they're looking after me, but they're not treating me like difference. Like different. I'm late. I'm doing press ups just like everyone else has to do it. And it was the best. It was the it was honestly one of the best feelings of my like recovery. One of the one of the best days of like since. Um, you, you you told me yeah. that like I think uh, <clears throat> in the same day or next day and that was like really I was overwhelmed. So I don't know if the right word. Like my yeah. heart was like so warm like to hear such a thing. Now I'm gonna ask a, a, a question. Let's say that you just meet up in the bar. Okay, yeah. so everything's back to like you know back in the day 2019. Yeah. You know 2018. Yeah. Back on those days, long time ago when people used to go to the pub, socialize. You know you having your beer, you yeah, having yeah. your donuts. So we start having a conversation. We don't know each other. You're 39 years old. I'm 49 years old. Family man to family yeah. man. Then I'm gonna ask a question. Oh, Ripon, you know, man, I really want to start martial arts, but like, man, which one's the best? Which one can like you know advise? What's the best martial art for me? I just want to do some self-defense. Yeah. You know, what, what, what do you suggest, eh, Ripon? Tell me. You seem to be the guy to know. I mean, it all depends. That's such a difficult difficult question well, but you seem to be athletic you know yeah. for all, all this story that you said okay, come so on. I, I, I would say okay. but you're not gonna buy those yellow shoes like Bruce Lee huh? come <laughs> yeah, on give yeah, me a break yeah yeah um, okay so I used to do this martial art called uh, Southern Praying Mantis uh, Kung Fu uh, if you want to get into uh, if you think you're constantly having street fights or whatever, and people are, you're having to face multiple people, um, that's probably one of the most brutal, like, ones you can, you can do. Man, we need to do Silvio Sambo class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk Actually, about the brutality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, <laughs> I'm only just talking from what I've, like, done. In terms of street fighting-wise, that's a good one. That's got, it's, it's brutal. But in terms of, like, for me personally, in terms of, I have all, all this, like, inner, like, turmoil and angst and anger and everything and, and how to just contain, not contain it, but control it and keep my mind at peace, it would be the BJJ. It would be the BJJ, and it's uh, the main reason being is is that these things, like you know, having to face like racism and all the rest of it, they can it's it can make you, it can make you bitter. It could turn you bitter because you're thinking like, oh, you know, why why I'm minding my own business? Why are you deciding to like fight me? Mm-hmm. 
and it makes you like angry because you're thinking like, okay, well, if you if you want to fight, I'm going to make sure I'm going to hurt you now because I went out minding my own business. You've now come into my space and don't are not letting me just mind my own business. Like I I, I take that very offensively. I'm I'm offended massively. But with the BJJ, it's like a lot of the positions that you end up in uh, are really stressful. Like, you know, you being choked, strangled almost, like, you know, your arms, like, bending in ways that it's not supposed to, like, go. And the only way to get out of it is to basically stay calm. It's the, it's the, only, it's the, only, it's the only solution is, okay, stay calm. And uh, there's uh, training that I've been given to deal with this. Use the training. And if you can't, then you can tap out and it, it's, it's fine. And, but the, the more and more you do that, it kind of you know, has a direct effect on your own life in just normal day-to-day stuff. Someone might be aggressive to you and you're like, okay, well, my back is against the wall here, but in BJJ, my back is against the floor mm-hmm. most of the time and I'm dealing with that issue in a calm way. There's nothing stopping me now from a stand-up position, from actually, yeah, all right, okay, yeah. You think I'm an idiot, that's, that's fine, that's fine, yeah, yeah. Okay, you want to hit me? Okay, now you've hit, now I'm, like, choking you. I've not even <laughs> hit you. And you're, you're out, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, look after this guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to walk off now. Nice one. You know, um, it depends on what, you know, BJJ for me works for me. I can't like say that it's going to work for another person. Mm-hmm. For me, it's all about dealing with stress, and it's the best thing. You know, I, I personally think you know when the doctors still don't know why I had my cardiac arrest. Like you know, they knew knew they know it was a blockage. But in terms of fitness, they're like, no, you're you were super fit. Family history, no, there's no there. You know, there's um, my grandmother. Uh, you know, uh, died of a, a heart attack, but she was 90-something, you know, years old. It's just, like, old age. She had a good run. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, but there's no, like, kind of a genetic kind of, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. this family's prone to heart attacks, and no one still has had any. Um, so you got, from a family point of view, there's nothing in my family history from... A health point of view, I was probably in the best, you know, um, I was in really good fitness at the time. I was doing BJJ three times uh, in the mornings, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I was doing Muay Thai uh, advanced classes Tuesday and Thursday. That's an hour and a half each. You were training more than a professional fighter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then on a Saturday... um, You're going for a jog, 10k. You know, no, well... Throughout the week, I would always run. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday, I would do one and a half hours of uh, Muay Thai as well. So I was here pretty much six times a week. So there are weeks that would be here more than me. <laughs> you know, so I was here doing all of that. Eating-wise, it was because um, my uh, uh, girlfriend, Fiona, she's vegetarian. So it's mainly vegetarian stuff. And every now and again, I'd have like, you know, fish and like chicken and things. But it was all good So all those pictures yeah. that you see on Instagram is uh, her cooking, not No, yours. no, that, that's actually my cooking. Ooh. Some, some of it actually, I tell you, like some of it is her cooking. Yes. Whenever, some, she, some whenever nice you see the uh, um, mob kitchen, 
You know, Mob Kitchen, uh-huh. they do like a thingy. Whenever there's Mob Kitchen ones, that's her. I can't follow re- recipes. Uh-huh. Mine are just like, my mum used to just go like, yeah, you just get like a, stick the <laughs> lentil in and you just get, stick this onion in and that's fine. Measurements, I can't do. I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to give a little heads up for like, you know, like when you, we started this podcast, it was like more like a, a bridge that I tried to build between like a, coach and a student because like uh, not all of you are like uh, outgoing yeah, as yeah. yourself to approach the coach to have a chat to ask questions crack a joke whatever or vice versa yeah and then like uh, my idea was like okay cool like for the newbies that just joined recently before this lockdown they get a chance to hear from the coach like the podcast was kind of short 20 30 minutes And I was keeping it more like between the courts and eventually I was going to start to bring members or students. I do divide it in two groups, you know, like we also do have the members that like keep this business running, you know, like uh, we don't have like too much close contacts or just like they want just like come in here, train, do what, get on what they want to do it and keep as it is, don't want to like, you know, have like, you know, a big circle of uh, friends, whatever. And have the students that we do get a little bit more close, you know, like the contact, get like, you know, professors, students, this and that. So it's two types of relationship that we have here. And uh, your name, as I said, was on the list to be interviewed. But like after I got a message from you saying that you are moving out from London, yeah, going, going to yeah. Birmingham, so I have to speed things up and bring on board to, to have a chat. So like the focus of have the bridge between uh, coach, professor, whatever, and the students is to like the, the main focus, like the reason of this podcast, having you share like uh, a bit of experience, a bit of your life is also for people know which type of people that we have in this environment. Uh, and uh, I don't want to, it is a LFF podcast. Like I don't want to say LFF is the best gym in the UK, but like I'm talking about like martial arts in the, in the environment that you should be looking to be at if your environment at the moment is like crap. And uh, your words that you said him today, at least for me, like, you know, I got to know you better than like I knew. I, I had like you know, a lot of respect for you before. Even when Lorenz said to me, look, this guy is my guy from the morning, he's going to win. And I said, okay, let me twist a little bit, like, you know, the facts. Let me bring things like the victory to Brazil, but like you kept it in the, the UK, you know, you stand, you know, firm for, for, for your flag. So like that was infinite, like, okay, taking the shim. Like, I tried to twist the rules, but like, you know what? It was meant to be. And like, man, like, uh, it's like, talk like for me in two ways. As a business owner, like, like uh, you'll be missed. You know, I can guarantee that to be missed. As uh, your coach, again, I will miss, like, because you're a good student to pick things up like, uh, relatively quick. You ask good questions, you interact, you know when you lose, you accept the loss shake hands, crack on, come back next day, <clears throat> as you said, to be better because you have that goal when you describe yeah. the black belt, starting a hard day, and then follow to make that decision. Like, that's a good mindset even to share along. Our podcast today went uh, over the, the top, I would say like the 20, 30 minutes, like stay all the way long, but like, uh, I think should be like uh, a flow. We have a little chat. Yeah, yeah. If there is anything that you want to add, you know, anything that you want to say that we didn't cover, something that like we want to mention before yeah, we I think, wrap up? Yeah, I, th- I think like uh, definitely, you know, um, 
anybody listening, they might be thinking like, oh yeah, we'll disguise like a certain type of mentality and, you know, we won't be able to do that and stuff. But I, I think, you know, one, one, of the, one, of, one of the joys of coming to this gym and, I, and you know, I don't want to get your head too big, um, uh, coach, but I mean, it's, you know, credit where credit's due. There is something very special about this place something innately in it that I can't quite, you know, put my finger on. And um, you've mentioned, a, you know, like a couple of times, I think we've like rolled and, you know, you have your little like a moment, so you have like a little discussion with the class and you said once that, look, um, you're all starting here, you're all like white belts. Um, some of you might you know, train really hard and you want to become like, uh, you know, compete in competitions and whatnot. Some of you might just come here just to lose some weight or something like that. Some of you might just think, okay, it's something I'm interested in, I'll just like keep on going. And then what happens then is like, um, even though there's 30 of you that I'm training right now in this class, but you'll start to kind of gravitate towards people that are more like you. Right, so the guys that train really hard, they might gravitate towards each other and be like, you train, I train too, I have like a common ground here. And like, you know, there might be like some guys that are like, oh, I, I just do this to lose weight, or oh, me too. And then you <laughs> like, you gravitate towards, but there's, there's someone for everyone like here. It's, it's not kind of a, like a, a, a group of meatheads or just people that are just really into fighting that come here and I don't want anyone to be put off by joining a, a martial arts gym or anything like that, thinking that, oh yeah, this is, this is a certain group of people that I don't belong to. I think like if you have like an interest in it or there's, you know, even if you don't have an interest in it, but like I can guarantee anyone who's listening, who's not into martial arts or anything like that, if you go to a, a good martial arts school, they will teach you something. It might not be the actual art that you, you take back out of it. It could be just something about yourself. You could come in here, um, you know, because it's like a, um, you'll know who you are once you come here. Mm -hmm. You know, you might think you know who you are, but until you start rolling or doing competitions or, uh, you know, sparring all the rest of it, you won't really know who you are. That will basically, like, chip away at you <laughs> and then you'll know who you are. If you thought you were tough before, I can guarantee you there's people that are tougher here. So now you're going to have to try and find a new identity for yourself because you're not a tough guy. You're going you're gonna to find out who you are. If you were a bit shy and reserved you're going to get taught not to be like that. Or something's going to be brought out of you where you're like, okay, now I actually have a little bit of spring in my step. You know, I'm, you know, when you wake up in the morning or even if you do an evening class, whenever it is, and you uh, roll with someone or spar with someone, you've been punched in the face or you've been kicked or you've had a choke put on you or anything like that. When you come out of that kind of scenario, you feel like, okay, now I know that I can deal with that, why can I not deal with my office situation where mm -hmm. people might be uh, surrounding me or bullying me or anything like that? It gives you like a, an inner confidence 
uh, and it just teaches you stuff that I don't think you can learn anywhere else. Like I, I've been through a lot of stuff, but I don't think I've learned as much as I have done in a, especially in LFF, but in a martial arts surrounding. That's where I've really learned about myself, about okay, discipline, about okay, I know what's wrong and right here. If I continue to, you know, if I uh, continue to eat really badly, then that's going to affect this. So it's a choice between okay, I can either eat a lot and go down a slippery slope, or maybe just moderate my donut eating and just like <laughs> you know, um, go down a good path and become better as a result. Next thing you know is you know now when you even have that one donut, you can feel it in your body. So then you just stop eating the donuts. The good, the, good, the, <laughs> the good thing is like, you know, people that are listening are close to you and it comes your birthday, Christmas, ah, man, I don't know what to give to this guy. He has everything. There we go, guys. We go to donut shop, you know, bakery, <laughs> yeah, get like yeah. a box full of donuts and uh, <laughs> give to him. Crispy crumbs, please. Yeah. <laughs> Ripple, man, thanks so much to be here today. You know, appreciate your time. Appreciate like the talk, you know, hope it can get along to a lot of people out there. Uh, once again, thank for... Everyone that be listening to us, please share it, you know, let us know your comments. And uh, yeah, thanks so much, man. No, thank you. <laughs> Good luck for the, uh, for the new chapter that you're going to start in thank Birmingham. You. Thank you very much. Us. Thank you. Us. Thank you.